Hey. Can you hear us, Desmond? Yes, I can. All right. Hi, I can't see you. Yeah, this is audio. Okay. Cool. How long will we be together? Um, about like 40, 45 minutes. Okay. I'm ready How when you are. Um, where ask me this. Answer me this. Where are you located? In New Jersey. Okay. And your client, your listeners are all over the US? Yep. Okay, mostly entrepreneurs. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, I'm ready when you're ready. All right. So the first topic is talk about the importance of being a keynote speaker and how does it help improve your business overall? Okay. Are you going to introduce me or anything or are you just going to jump right into the questions? Right into it. Okay. So you do an intro, you do you do some type of intro on your podcast, all right? Yep. Okay. All right. So go. I'm sorry. You want to ask me that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the important, what the importance of being a keynote speaker and how does it help improve your business overall? So I think any type of speaking helps build credibility dramatically. Plus, it's a huge lead generation. Keynote speaker is even bigger because. You know, that's a top position, right? So you're getting right. paid to be that keynote speaker, which means that they chose you because of the credibility, because of how well branded a person is, because of their content, because of their expertise in their specific industry. And I, I think it's huge. You know, like I said, I, I've spoken at a lot of different things uh, in the US, USA and Canada. And I've spoken alongside some big superstars like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Mayor Giuliani, love him or hate him, Eric Trump, love him or hate him, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Zuckerberg, uh, his sister, not, not Mark Zuckerberg, but his sister, I'm drawing a blank right now. But I think right. it's huge because being a speaker is not just about getting up on stage and delivering your message and content and using it for credibility and lead gen and branding. It's also for networking. So I've networked with some of the, the biggest speakers of all time with some really high-end, uh, high-level entrepreneurs and a lot of the attendees. And I've made some friendships that last a lifetime. And I've made a lot of strong connections which have turned into business. So again, it's, it's, it's for lead generation, it's for branding, it's for um, credibility and it's for really making those connections. If you do it right, you got to network. I totally agree. You got to network. That's the only way you can grow as a person and your brand. Absolutely. And I always say your network equals your net worth. You want to be rich, hang out with rich people. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be successful, hang out with successful people. You know, you want to be broke, hang out with broke people. But, um, <laughs> It's all about relationship capital. So these events are the best networking opportunity really than anything else, in my opinion. Right. Because you'll meet people that you've never met before from a lot of times all over the world. I mean, I've spoken at, at different uh, conferences and things that had guests coming in from Europe and, and Dubai and all over. Nice. Yeah, you definitely, if you're trying to go somewhere in life, you got to surround yourself with people who are like-minded like you. Yep. 
thousand percent. Definitely. So your next topic is a two-parter. Okay. So let's talk about your two books that you wrote. First, let's talk about the one called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote that book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, in 2013. It was my very first book I've ever written. I mean, as a kid, I would write poetry and short stories and things of that nature, but never a business book. So it was my first book. And I really wrote it for two things. Um, number one was for recognition, for brand recognition, for name awareness. Because what I do selling companies is really the best kept secret. You know, I can get somebody 65% more than what their business is worth when we go to sell. But nobody knows about it because the seller's <laughs> not talking about it because they want to maintain confidentiality. The buyer's not talking about it because they're still trying to maintain confidentiality. So I'm really, I'm really the best kept secret. And also, most business owners don't really have any idea how to sell their business. They're experts in running their company. They're experts at the day-to-day. -day. But when it comes to selling their business, they're clueless. And so I wrote that book to, number one, educate business owners that there's a better way to sell your company. And number two, for name recognition and um, brand awareness, you know, let people know who I am and what I do. And then for Legion. And it was one of the biggest Legions that I've ever done. And it wasn't, you know, the book was great, but it's all the opportunities that come from the book. Like we were featured in Inc., I think two or three times. And the Inc. article at that time generated more leads than anything else that we were doing. And plus, we had a bunch of other publicity. So I think everyone should write a book. But the, problem, the, the thing about writing a book is you have to have an objective. You can't just write a book to write a book. Because unless you're, you know, unless you're writing um, Fifty Shades of Grey or... <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, what's, the, what's the other big one? Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, right. unless you're writing Harry Potter or Fifty Shades of Grey, you're probably not going to make any money. So you yeah. got to have an objective. You got to have, you know, a, an end game. You've got to be able to ROI, get a return on your investment. And you got to you got to be able to have a high end product that can come out of that because otherwise you're going to lose money. Your book is not going to stay relevant. So you really need to make sure that you nail those things down before you even start writing the book. Definitely. Like you said, um, when you're writing a book, you've got to have an objective. It's got to have meaning, purpose, all that all together. Because you're just writing to write something. Nobody's going to believe what you're writing. Well, it's a competitive space. I mean, there's 30,000 books that get published every single month. Right. So, you know, I got a girlfriend that's writing a, um, a, a book. And, you know, it's a great read, but there's no objective. There's no she thinks it's going to get picked up by a big publishing company. Maybe it will. Um, but most won't. So you really have to, you have to have that payoff at the end. You have to have that ROI. You have to know who your audience is. Right. You know? And so, I mean, so I've written, you know, a few books. My latest book is Exit Rich. And Exit Rich is very different than my first book, Sell Your Business for One It's Worth. Number one, it's much better. <laughs> and because, you know, I wrote that in 20, uh, 2019. We published in 2021 because of the pandemic. But it's got a lot more meat and potatoes. It's not just about selling your company. It's about building a sellable, scalable, a, a, a sustainable, scalable, and sellable asset. And so Exit Rich is all about building to Exit Rich. 
because most business owners wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to sell my business. I want $50 million for it. And they have maybe a, a million dollar business because they base the value on what they need to enter the next phase of their life. They don't base the value on what the business is actually worth. So Exit Rich, um, you know, sell your business for more than it's worth. I self-published. Exit Rich, I, I've got a publisher. But we got some great testimonials. Like we got Steve Forbes, you know, um, and we got Kevin Harrington to write the foreword. Sharon Lecter, who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki, is my co-author. She's a financial literacy expert, CPA, the advisor to many different presidents, including President Obama. So she's my co-author. She wrote um, The Mentor's Corner after each chapter. And we've got, you know, Les Brown gave us a glowing testimony. Um, Tom Hopkins, and the list goes on and on, Brian Tracy. So it's really important to, to establish all that up front. You know, who's going to endorse the book? Who's going to write my foreword? Who am I going to get these glowing testimonials from? Things like that. It's not just about writing a book. Exactly. Now, your friend, did she get inspired by you to want to write a book or she always wanted to write one herself? Sharon Lecter? Yeah. Sharon Lecter's wrote many books. Sharon Lecter wrote with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. I'm sure you heard about that book. It's a real estate book. Yes. So she wrote all the, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Now she writes for um, the Napoleon Hill Foundation. So she wrote rich women and all kinds of different books. So now she's been a writer way before, uh, before I was a writer. <laughs> and I met Sharon Lecter at another conference that I was speaking at. So there we go. I met Sharon at, at several different conferences that her and I spoke at together. And I'm not going to say we didn't really connect, but you know, we kind of went in different directions, sat at different tables, sat at, you know, went to dinner with other people. But I have another friend, David Corbin, who's one of my best friends, who was best friends with Sharon Lecter. He really connected us and said, I, Michelle wants a co-author. I think you would be perfect for this. Sent her in a manuscript and she said, okay. But I would have never met those people if I didn't speak at events. Right. Like we've been talking about, it's all about networking. You never know who you're going to run into. Correct. Definitely. So... Your next topic is let's talk about your relationships with your clients and how do you empower them to afford the lifestyle that they deserve? So you're, you're back on the first book. <laughs> so, your yep. business before it's worth, so you can afford a lifestyle. So the way that we do that is um, it's really hard to do that with small businesses. You know, if you got a pizzeria or a coffee shop and those are all great businesses to have, but it's really hard to get a higher price. They are what they are. When um, a lot of our clients have businesses that have EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, over a million dollars. Well, when we get businesses, and most of our um, engagements are over a million dollars for the EBITDA, we're able to create a bidding war. We're able to get uh, a lot of buyers. Like we just engaged with an electrical business $7 million in EBITDA. It's been on the business three weeks and we have over 100 buyers. We got an online education business in the medical space, been on the market for three weeks and we probably have about 75 buyers. So the more buyers we have, the more buyers we're able to engage with, the higher price we can get for our clients because we can create a bidding war. 
buyers don't just buy cash flow. Buyers buy synergies. They buy synergies that will catapult their current business to the next level. Proprietary, you know, I call this my six P's. One of the six P's is proprietary, which is the highest value driver. They're looking for those contracts. They're looking for databases, patents, trademarks, you know, anything that makes their business unique that can help catapult their business to the next level. So we really know how to evaluate those synergies. We know how to specifically find the right buyers that will pay top dollar for these proprietary assets. So on average, we get our clients 20, 40% more. We sold an oil manufacturing business for 165% more than the appraised price because our, our client had a contract with BP. The buyer's been trying to get their products and services into BP for decades and never could. So we ended up merging the two companies together and they paid 165% more for 70% of the company than what the business appraised for. Nice. So what made you want to get in this field to begin with? I've always been an entrepreneur, um, even as a kid. I've owned many different businesses in different verticals. I always told my mom I would never get a job. <laughs> <laughs> but I did end up getting a job. Xerox actually rec recruited me um, to a high-volume manager. And within six months, they promoted me to regional vice president, over 100 salespeople. And I learned very quickly that I was right as a little girl. I, I didn't want a job. I didn't want to work for anybody else. I really didn't like management at a 500, Fortune 500 company because you can't get anything done. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. I see a problem. I come up with a solution. I implement it. Done. I solve problems. That's what sales is, really. And that's what selling companies are, is selling, solving problems. And for Xerox, you know, you had to go through so much red tape. For, for, you know, the executives to vote on something that you never got anything done. So I ended up leaving Xerox, transitioning into franchise sales, franchise consulting, franchise development. And I had so many buyers that kept asking me for existing businesses. I said, look, we don't want to buy a startup franchise. We want an existing business. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And I'm like, Listen, I'm a law of attraction girl. Why am I saying no? I should be saying yes to the universe. <laughs> right, exactly. Never ignore yeah. the universe. Exactly. <laughs> so I ended up saying, listen, I got to listen to the universe here. Let me open an M&A practice. And that's what I did over 20 years ago. Nice. You're definitely living the dream. and Because there's some people who are working at a job that's just paying bills. And there's some people who are working at their dream job. So I'm glad that you have uh, attained all the success over time. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. You only go about, you only go around this world once. You got to make it the best. That's right. Absolutely. Maximize every opportunity. Too many people are just want to come home, sit down, watch TV, and they don't grow themselves. They don't grow themselves as, you know, as, as leaders, as professionals, as entrepreneurs, as even parents, you know, you really have to grow yourself every day. I partner with business owners. I don't just sell companies. I specialize in partnering with business owners, investing my money, core competencies, resources. And I always say you'll never grow the business beyond what you can grow the owner. Facts. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. So your next topic is why is it important to create your own masterpiece? And leave your handprint on the world. 
Well, I think it's kind of back to what we were just talking about. You know, so many, look, I think life, life is a precious gift. And I think you should maximize your, life is very short. You know, I just had lost three, th three friends in 2021. I just uh, threw a celebration of life party for my best friend, my daughter's godmother. And life is short. It, it goes around so quick in an instant. And I really think it's important to, to be a contributor, not a taker. And really help make the world a better place. There's so many takers, takers, takers in this world that, you know, give me, give me, give me, but they're not contributing. They're not helping others. And, you know, I always say you should leave a legacy. You should create your masterpiece. You should leave a footprint on the world and you should be a blessing to others. Definitely. Um, I believe in life. We all have a purpose. Sometimes it takes others longer to figure out what their purpose is. You know, it really does. I mean, I started out wanting to be a surgical nurse or a physician. <laughs> that is totally and, different what you're doing now. <laughs> and then when I was in the operating room and saw my first C-section, I passed out, hit my head on the floor, and that was it. <laughs> Oh, Lord. She's like, no, I can't do this. I got to go. Yeah. But the reason I chose that field is because I love people. I love helping people. I love solving problems. So sometimes it takes a couple, you know, hitting your heads on the floor, hitting your head on the floor <laughs> to really figure out what it is you want in life. Literally. <laughs> What's that? I said, literally, you, you figured it out. <laughs> literally hitting your head on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad you survived that situation. Thank you. You're welcome. And I don't so, think people should just speak at events. I think you should attend events. You right. Know, look at, join a mastermind, join a networking group, you know, um, go to different events that you feel like are interest to you to grow yourself. Because again, you're never really going to grow anything that you do if you don't start with growing yourself first. Right. That's the only way you're going to get anywhere in life. You got to be willing to want to grow as a person. Right. Definitely. So your next topic is why do some people lack the ambition to take advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of them? Um, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. One, it could just be pure laziness. Let's be real. <laughs> Your <laughs> <laughs> laziness, you know, not taking initiative, not, you know, being motivated. You know, there's opportunities all around us. But only a small percentage of individuals will actually take advantage of that op opportunity and implement it. You know, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, Jeff Hoffman, which is a friend of mine, he actually invented the airport kiosk. And he is an engineer. He was working for a company. He hated it. He ended up going in and quitting one day and decided to fly. He was flying somewhere. I forgot where. But he was standing in line for an hour and a half to get his ticket, a piece of paper, to board the plane. Well, he missed his plane. <laughs> he went wow. to the counter and missed his plane because it took that long to get a piece of paper. And he goes, are you kidding me? You tell me I waited this long for a piece of paper just to board a plane? Because of that problem, he created the solution. He is the founder of all the airport kiosks. 
Nice. And then with other founders, he created Priceline because he's like, look at all the empty seats on the plane. Look at all the empty hotel rooms. You know, this inventory is not moving. Let's create a, a internet company, online company, where you could purchase seats at a huge discount, purchase hotels at a huge discount. So that's how he created Priceline, founded Priceline. So there's opportunities like that all around us because there's problems everywhere, right? Right. But instead of focusing on the problem, we should be focused on the solution. And then we should really implement that solution. He didn't know the how. He knew the why. And we really got to focus, focus on the why because the how will come. Focus on the why. Focus on the problem. Focus on the solution. Focus on the why. And then the how will come. And then he figured it out. But I think, you know, so many people just miss opportunities because they're not observant. They're not looking. They're, you know, don't have the motivation or desire. And they might not have the know-how, but like I said, the how will come. <laughs> when, when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. <laughs> That's so true. Definitely. So if you weren't in the field that you're in now, what do you think you see what you're doing with your life? Well, you know, that's a good question. Cause like I said, I've owned many different businesses. I've been in this industry for 20 years selling uh, over 500 business. Personally, my company has sold over a thousand altogether. Um, I don't, I don't just, I'm not just an m and I own a business in the medical industry on a business in graphics. I own different companies that I'm building to sell. So I can't never see, I will never see myself doing anything different than what I'm doing today. Rather it's owning businesses building them to sell. I'll continue to invest in companies. I'll continue to buy companies and flip them. I'll continue to sell companies and merge them. You know, we're just going to do it on a much bigger level going forward. We're starting an event company and starting a bunch of other things coming up in 2022. You know, I always say to retire is to expire. <laughs> Although right. my sellers don't listen to me. <laughs> 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 but you know i love what i do it's not just about the money it's what inspires me is being a, being able to help business owners save their business because so many businesses go out of business every single day and when what also inspires me is being able to help business owners exit rich because so many are exiting poor and i'm passionate about it it's my life's work so it's not about the money like i always you know i always ask people look would you still do what you do today if you and do it for free that's when you know you got your true calling money is just a bonus right absolutely that's Cause, card. Mm -hmm. yeah because you can't take it with you when you pass away no you cannot i mean obviously you want to take care of your family and a lot of business owners are not taking care of their family because they're not planning for their exit they end up dying i mean i had a sweet little lady call me from dallas and so her husband at the age of 40 dropped down from a heart attack, left her with a mountain of debt and wanted to, and she knew nothing about the business and wanted to know if I could sell it for her. Well, when I started probing and asking her questions, he didn't have a business. He had a job he had a construction what? company with no employees. He had 1099ers and no processes in place, no people in place, nothing proprietary. When he died, the business died. And that happens over, over and over again. So all entrepreneurs need to set their family up for success and always making sure that you're building a business that's scalable, sustainable, 
and sellable when it needs to be sold. That's why Exit Rich is the must read for any business entrepreneur. There you go. Um, my last question. So <laughs> the person that you are today, what advice would you give to your younger self? So I get asked that question a lot. My answer is always the same. I would get a mentor a lot earlier, a lot um, earlier on. I didn't actually get a mentor until 2011. And I would have got a mentor when I first started getting into business because a mentor can shorten your learning curve dramatically. They can shorten the road to success dramatically. It's always better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than your own. But don't just get any mentor you, because there's so many there's so many phonies out there. You know, there's a lot of people that speak on stage and say they do this and do that. But, you know, they're renting their home and they're, they don't have a car. <laughs> they don't have a house. <laughs> so do your homework. Do your due diligence. Check out this mentor. Make sure that they have industry experience in the field that you're trying to be successful in. You know, if you want to be a successful, successful, successful um a furniture manufacturing owner because you love making furniture, then you're not going to go to someone who manufactures food. You want to no. go to somebody in that furniture space. If you want to be a successful real estate entrepreneur, well, you're not going to come to me because I don't really do real estate. It's not my thing. But if you want to be a successful m and expert, if you want to be a successful business owner that can sell your business for millions in the future, then you come to me. So you got to find the right, right mentor for your specific industry and do your due diligence. But that's what I would have done earlier on. Yeah, because you don't find the right mentor. Not only that you can lose your business, they take your money, too. Yes, <laughs> they do take your money, too. Um, and it's, it's kind of like every aspect of your life. You know, if you want to if you want to really work out and look good and uh, develop muscles, Yes, you can go in there and do it yourself, but you probably, you might be lifting wrong. You might hurt your back. You know, you might hurt your, your knees because you're squatting wrong, etc. You get a coach, you get a training, your trainer, you get a coach in the gym because they know the proper way to lift. They know the proper way, you know, the proper form, proper exercises for your body type. You don't do it alone. Same thing with business. You don't do it alone. There's yes, some numbers. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, especially um, new entrepreneurs who are just starting out, there are some that are not willing to take criticism and listen to be pointed in the right direction in life. Yes, and I have clients like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have to remind them that, you know, I am the expert. I am the one that's sold hundreds upon hundreds of businesses, actually over a thousand and books, you know, on the subject and have spoke all over the country on the subject. So you need to listen to me. Um, so, and that's one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs. A lot of times entrepreneurs think they know it all, right? They're right. control freaks. They're control freaks. So they feel like they have to have their hand in every pot. And the truth of the matter is none of us are good at everything. We have to identify our strengths, identify our weaknesses and hire our weaknesses. Very true. And I know dealing with some of your clients, when you run into these type of people in your head, it's like, why'd you come to me for if you're not going to listen? Yes. I've never fired a client yet. 
yet. <laughs> Keyword yet. Keyword yet. yet. <laughs> Never fought a client yet because I typically get them to turn around and listen. But I, mean, I had one client that was just a total problem child and didn't listen to anything we told him to do. Did the opposite and really sabotaged the sell of his business. Yeah, I had two clients like that. Some people got to learn the hard way, unfortunately, in life. Well, one of my clients could have sold for $30 million. He ended up in bankruptcy court selling for $1.2 million. Damn. And he didn't get any of that money. That money was the payoff vendors. He definitely should have listened to you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 It's like if I hire a coach to train me, I'm not going to not listen to my coach and tell my coach on everything I, I, I need to know about, you know, body mechanics and work it out. Same thing with a marriage counselor, you know, you hire people in areas of life that you want to grow in. Exactly. What's the point you hire them if you're not going to listen to what they're telling you? Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, a lot of people get in their way. And when I look at companies, I always say fish jinx from the head. If your company is not operating on all six P's that we talk about in my book, Exit Rich, and it's not profitable, and you're having all kinds of issues, you have to look at yourself first. The buck stops with you. Right. And fish things from the head. Are you a terrible leader and you can't keep people? Then you need to get hire a, a manager, hire a leader. You know, are you terrible with processes and, you know, putting down processes and systems and things of that nature? Then you have to hire a COO, an operations manager, that that's our core competency. So we, we got to get out of our own way. Entrepreneurs must get out of their own way. That's the only way you're going to see the true potential of not just your brand, but yourself as well. I always say, if you want to grow, you have to let go of the control. Amen to that. And a lot of people have trouble with that. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs have trouble with that. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and, and the main reason for that is because most entrepreneurs are bringing their baggage into their business life. So let's say an entrepreneur has been abandoned their entire childhood and feel like they can't trust anyone. Then they will sabotage your employees because they're testing them to see if they're going to remain loyal and stay with them or if they're going to leave them like everybody else has done. That's one example. Right. That's why you must separate the two worlds. Well, I don't say separate the two worlds. I say heal your childhood. Amen. Whatever, separate it because your subconscious will always come in. True. Very true. So heal your childhood. <laughs> like I said, you can never grow a business unless we can grow the owner past their issues. Right. And if you need to seek advice for help, then do so. <laughs> right. So it's not if everybody should seek advice in different areas and different aspects of their life, especially when it comes, you know, to entrepreneurship. Right. Otherwise, why you want to own your own brand? <laughs> right. So at this okay. point in the pod, I always turn it over to my guest and you can ask me any question that you want. Ask you any question. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want to tell everybody where they can contact me and get Exit Rich. Will that be good? Yes, that's perfect. Okay. 
ask you any question that I want. She's like, hmm, I got to think about this. <laughs> well, I mean, I got three questions that come to mind, but you said, you know, one question. Okay. Um, what's your biggest struggle right now? What's your biggest issue? What's your biggest struggle? Hmm. In certain, at certain situations, I feel like I just need to get out of my own way. I like I've been saying, Amen. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yep, exactly like I've been saying. Yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's probably like like the, the biggest one. I've started to do that and I've been seeing more success in my life. So I'm and like when you just say, get, get out of your own way. Give us an example of what you mean by that. Um for for a while I wanted to um because I'm starting in that direction now. I wanted to own like my own merchandise and I've been hesitant because I was like, is anybody going to support me? Like that, like doubt started creeping in my head. So over the Christmas break, I decided to just drop merchandise for my podcast, which I've done now and people are actually supporting me. So that's one example. What do you mean drop merchandise? So you're not going to, you're not going to be in that business anymore. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm definitely yeah. I'm I'm gonna expand because my future goal is I want to own my own like clothing slash sneaker business because I like fashion. So okay. So, so I'm a little confused. So you just dropped it from your podcast, is what you're saying? No, what is I've started out with my podcast first. A okay. couple years ago. So my podcast has been building and building. I've been interviewing different people from around the world in different walks of life, like soaking as much information and knowledge that I can. So over time, I've always had an entrepreneur spirit in me. Like I wanted to own my own business and everything. So I decided to start by dropping merchandise for my podcast so i started out with my hoodies which people have been buying and i eventually want to expand over time okay gotcha yes and so that's been helping you to get out of your own way yes one of them so i'm just <laughs> I'm in general in general trying to get out of my own way in general because you know a lot of people are afraid of failure and i'm one of them and i'm like well sometimes in life you gotta go through the downs before you get through the ups. I always tell myself that. Well, and that's one of the reasons that you asked me earlier. That's one of the reasons that many business owners are many, many people don't take advantage of opportunities because of fear of failure. Yep. Um, because of programming when they were a child, maybe saying, Oh, never amount to anything. They might feel like they don't deserve it or they're not worthy of. So there's a lot of different reasons that come into play when people don't take advantage of opportunities. But the biggest reason is fear of failure. Exactly. And we've been talking about it throughout the podcast. Just get out your own way. You never know where it will take you. That's right. Get out of your own way. And I always say, so what if you fell? Fell forward. Amen. And you we did learn, it. We learn by our failures. Right. 
How else are you going to grow if you don't learn from the failures? You're not going to be successful all the time at everything. Like, I know everybody wants to be perfect at everything that they do. I'm like, the problem is you can't be perfect. That's right. There's no such thing as perfect. If it was, I think we all would have found that uh, answer already. And perfect is boring. <laughs> right. Because it's like you get up every day, nothing's wrong, everything's going your way. It's like, uh, okay, now the way we do. <laughs> Right, thousand percent. Absolutely. Okay. So, before you go, um, anything you want to promote? You got any more new books in the works? Um, any way your company is expanding even more than it is already? Well, we have a lot of things in the works. Um, many I can't talk about yet. Okay. Um, but I would suggest everybody follows me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Michelle Seller Tucker. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Also connect with me on my website. Connect with me on LinkedIn, but also my website is silotucker.com. You can reach out to me there. I encourage everyone to, to, to get Exit Rich because Exit Rich is one of the best. And I've been told this by other people, so I'm not selling myself. It's always better when someone else sells you. <laughs> but like right. Steve Forbes <laughs> says, Exit Rich is a goldmine for all entrepreneurs. And lots of other business people have said it's the best business book they've ever read. And Exit Rich is not just about selling a business. It's about building a scalable, sellable um, asset because 80 to 90% of businesses on the market will never sell. That's why most business owners are exiting poor. So if you're starting a business, definitely get Exit Rich. If you own a business, get Exit Rich because it is the blueprint, is the foundation to building that business Instead of building a job, you build a business based upon the infrastructure on the six P's and you plan your exit from the beginning. Like Stephen Covey always says, start with the end in mind. So you can get Exit Rich at Amazon. It just went into all the Hudson bookstores, 1st of February. Uh, you can go to any of your favorite bookstores. You can also go to ExitRichBook.com. ExitRichBook.com is available for $24.79 plus shipping cost. If you're outside of the United States, make sure that you go to Amazon because the shipping costs are so expensive from the U.S. And so for $24.79, we'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. We'll email you the digital version. We will also give you a lifetime uh, book membership to Exit Rich. And this, you go to Solid Tucker Academy, there's a tremendous amount of golden nuggets there. There's video content and me really training some of these strategies and techniques and things that I've been training business owners for the last 20 years. Plus there's documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your company. So we have so many different documents out there, like example, employee handbooks, non-competes, org charts to sell your business. We have sample letter of intents, sample prospectuses, sample um, purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing docs. All of these documents, Desmond, will cost you over $50,000 if you tried to recreate them. They're there for your immediate download and for your usage. So you're not going to get a better opportunity than that. I mean, a $24.79 book, you're getting $50,000 worth of value in documentation created the right way. And that's at ExitRichBook.com. I also encourage you to listen to my podcast called Exit Rich. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. I just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks a bunch for having me on, and I appreciate your listeners.
No problem. You have a good day. Thank you, Desmond. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.